Warm intros run the world. It's how humans translate trust with each other. If you want to break into a network, get someone from that network to vouch for you and getting in is much easier. With that said, I don't know how this has happened, but in 2023, getting a warm intro has never been harder. There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people aiming to get into very exclusive networks. And the warm intro model isn't effective anymore. There's too much noise for the signal. So if you are a professional, if you're someone that wants to expand your network, what is someone to do? Well, you could spend your time cold emailing, sending LinkedIn emails, and hoping one of 100 people replies gets you a coffee meeting that leads nowhere. Or you could do something different. And today's episode is sponsored by SeedScout, which allows you to do something different. SeedScout is a platform that allows you to request introductions to other people on the network with a click of a button. No more sending long emails, no more sending doing all this research, right? It's simple. You send an intro request. If they want to meet you, they accept, and you're instantly introduced. SeedScout is an alternative way to expand your network that gives someone more context than a cold email, but it's faster to achieve than that warm introduction. So if you are a sick of spending hours, days, weeks, months, even years trying to break into new networks and you just want to try something new, I would check out seedscout.com, S-E-E-D, scout.com. Let's get into today's episode and thanks for listening. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to David Sood, who's a co-founder of Orca. Welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm doing well, Matt. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. I'm looking forward to learning more about what you are working on. So I think for my first question, let's just dive high level. What are you working on? What is Orca? Yeah, Orca is creating an entirely new way to live. Right now, we're stuck with the 12-month lease, which is a long-term contract with a terrible experience of furnishing and broker fees and applications and deposits and credit checks and all sorts of crazy things. Uh, We believe in a future where it should be as easy as reserving a flight to reserve an apartment, and it should come furnished, and it should be flexible. So we are building that future. We've built a marketplace where you can find the best furnished monthly listings anywhere in the world and replace your 12-month lease entirely. So let's say in a alternative universe, uh, I decide I want to do some traveling and uh, I, you know, let's say I'm, you know, I'm no commitments here where I live in Phoenix. How would this work? Like, let's say I want to hit up like LA or like SF, like I just go to your app and like find a place to live and it, uh, tell them how long I want to live there. Can you, can you walk through literally how someone would go about using this on a day to day? 
Yeah, for sure. So think about the Airbnb experience, right? What they've done is just click, click, reserve, and all of a sudden you have a place to stay. We really think it should be that, that easy. So when you sign up for the membership, we go through a little bit of an onboarding process where you have to give us some information. But once you've done that, you've done everything forever. Uh, and all you need to do at that point is, like you said, just tell us where you want to go and for how long. It could be LA, it could be Tulum, it could be Tokyo, wherever you want to be. Just one month minimum and as long as you want to be there. I feel like this is uh, very timely for where the world is going, which is probably why you're building it. Uh, I'm curious, uh, why, but why are you building this? Like, what's the origin story here? You could work on anything you want but you're deciding to work on this. Why Orca? Why this industry? And what's the origin story here? Yeah, good question. Uh, it's actually pretty fun. Uh, there's two things that collided in my life to make this happen. The first was when I was 14 years old, my parents' house flooded and we were forced to move out and live between 10 different places in the following year. We lived in family, friends' houses and sometimes a bad hotel and whatever it ended up being. We, we made do, but it put an immense financial stress on my parents. It actually put uh, them, it, their contractor ended up just running and, and leaving them with an entire mess. It's a whole bad thing. But I'm pretty confident that if Orcas or something like Orca existed back then, that we would not have had the, the financial stress or the family stress that we had as a family that we experienced. Um, that being said, what happened to kind of catalyze Orca into existence to what we know today was a couple of different things. I left my last job in March of 22, and um, I immediately realized that I wanted to jump back into being a founder. The theme that I kept coming back along to when I meditated on the idea to try to figure it out was I'm obsessed with culture. I love experiencing other people's culture. I love introducing people to new cultures. I love educating people about my cultures. And um, I'm going to speak for myself here. I've traveled quite a bit. I've been experienced. I've, I've been exposed to a good amount of cultures. And I am 100% certain that I'm a better human being because of it. So my initial uh, thought process here was I want to create something that imposes that feeling onto other people where they can start to experience new cultures and see the world in a different way. And remote work and rising rent costs and exodus from cities, there's so many different trends kind of catalyzing this space. And so what we built with Orca was honestly solving our own problem first. We were, me and my co-founder were both living out of Airbnbs, paying crazy fees or trying to sublease or, or whatever it was, trying to make something work without a lease. And it was just really difficult. So we built Orca to solve for our own problem more than anything else. And uh, my passion for experiencing culture and helping people experience culture is tied into that. My, my family story is very much tied into that. So it's been a whole life of practice to get here. Well, that's how it goes, right? You, you start a company, but it's not really a, a new thing. It's a culmination of your lived experiences leading up to that moment in time. Um, so as you're, as you're building this, I'm curious, what do you spend your time on? Um, you know, are you fundraising? Are you are you building code, shipping code? Are you like getting people to to to, to use it? Like, what are you spending your days on these days? Yeah, so these days it's it's an overwhelming amount of growth. We're we're putting up some great numbers. Um, 
we are launching new cities. We're launching two to three new cities every month with plans to speed that up. In fact, um, we're, we're for the last six months, we've been heads down in product and growth mode. And so that means we've been growing over 50% month over month in terms of membership and uh, new destination launches all the time. So we've been doing a lot. We're, we're likely going to jump into fundraising mode pretty soon. Um, the climate out there is pretty intense, but we, we feel good. We're in a good position. We've built a really solid business. We've de-risked the space. And, um, you know, we're, we're in an optimistic mindset. But right now we're really focused on just making the best experience possible. And we're pretty confident that the rest will follow. So I have a I have a question for almost for my own use case. So I I've done last summer I did these things called like seed scout houses in Phoenix where for a week I rented out like an Airbnb, paid the fees, paid the call, you know, I I I did the thing and we had a week where the founders just came, we hang out. No one actually slept there, but it was just kind of a, a place almost like a little retreat we can go in the middle of middle of a month. Um yeah. well two questions. One, are you are you open in Phoenix? Uh and two, if not or if you are like is that a use case that you can you rent out a house where people can just go and then it's just a month? Like, is that use case possible on, on Orca? Totally. Um, we're not currently live in Phoenix, but Hey, if you want to go, Matt, I will launch there just for you. Okay. I got you. I got you. Um, and yeah, it totally is a use case for Orca. I think that there's a couple of people in San Francisco that have already tried something similar where they've got, three or four people in a group that all want to rent a house out together. Um, we've provided services like that. Um, we also get a crazy amount of demand from people like student interns or uh, travel nurses or doctors doing residencies. So there's all sorts of like these micro groups uh, that are traveling together and, and want to do stuff in the same place. So absolutely, we think that it could be a great place for people, like an infrastructure for hacker houses, you know, that makes totally. sense. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I am curious, like kind of in that same vein, but much, much broader, like where do you see this going? Or in other words, like if you were to look out 5, 10, 15 years from now, what do you see as the big vision here and what direction are you rowing in every day as you're working on yeah. this? Yeah. Um, if I'm being honest, 15 years is too short of a time frame for the answer that I want to give you. So I'll, I'll go with like 50 years, which I think is a little bit more realistic. Um the, the consumer behavior of renting has been deeply embedded since, for over 100 years at this point. Um, the reason the 12-month lease exists is because landlords during the Great Depression and after the Industrial Revolution, certain time periods, they wanted to have reliability in their income. And so they created a long-term contract that locked you in, and it's just gotten worse and worse every single year. The landlord realizes, oh, we can ask for, for a deposit. And then every landlord asks for a deposit. It's like, oh, we can ask for a credit check. And every landlord asks for a credit check. And it's only gotten more and more of a terrible experience for the consumer and more and more secure, if you want to call it that, for the property manager. For the first time in history, we are entering a, a phase of time where our income is no longer attached to our physical location. And so you have to think, if we're going to extrapolate that out, we have to start dealing with the question of, if that's the case, then what should our physical location be tied to, right? Forever and ever, if you had a job in Manhattan, 
You had to be in Manhattan. You had to pay Mr. Manhattan whatever he wanted. And if he increased the price, then like, I don't know, that's just what it is. That's the price of Manhattan. For the first time ever, we are able to say, you know what, I'm going to move. And people are moving from these major cities uh, to places that are maybe a little bit cheaper, or a little bit homier, or whatever it might be, whatever they're looking for. So our thesis is that if our income is no longer attached to our location, then it's got to be attached to, uh, that our location's got to be attached to our happiness. As humans, we're always doing things that are chasing happiness, uh, whether that be uh, healthy forms or not. And uh, we think that if we can allow people to be happier in their lifestyle, then we can create a happier society. So for example, for me, it might be uh, following different scuba diving spots around the world or following the tennis tour around the world. For you, it might be visiting different warm beach towns around the world or just in LA visiting family and friends, whatever it might be. So there's a lot of different ways that we could be happy as humans. And I think that the more we figure out what that is and the more we realize that it's not just in one location then the more we're going to have to rely on this infrastructure for location flexibility and that doesn't exist right now so to get jump back to your answer to your question um we really do want to make a serious impact in the way that people rent worldwide i think that the 12-month lease is a really bad experience and that renting is a really bad experience and that if we can make that a little bit easier and if we made it a little bit more flexible and injected technology in the right places, then we can make it really way more efficient and make it a genuinely good experience that people are excited to use. And uh, that's what we've seen so far. If you ask any of our members, they'll tell you how absolutely obsessed with us they are and how if they never have to sign a 12-month lease again, they absolutely won't. And that's the type of person that I think that we're gonna be a lifelong value for is the type of person who says, even in 50 years, I don't think I'll be want to rent uh, the normal way, the 12 month lease way. Um, I think that we just had a member actually say to me that even uh, if somebody was threatening him, he would not sign another 12 month lease because it just doesn't make sense. And the furnishing costs and just everything adds up to be such a headache. And uh, we're just trying to improve that experience. And so right now, there's already a population of people living flexibly, and we're trying to cater directly to them. But in 50 years, we see this becoming a rental alternative. And if you want to be a homeowner, cool. If you want to be a, a renter, then become an ORCA member. In order to make that vision a reality and actually like make it happen, like you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work and scale. So my question for you is, how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? Um, and you mentioned you might be starting to raise money at some point. Are you looking for members? Are you looking for partnerships? Like how, how can the forward thinking founders community assist in your, your quest to make that vision happen? Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere in the world, if we can help you rent, we would love to. That's why Matt, I'm telling you, we will launch in Arizona. Let's go. Um, that's, uh, that's our main focus is to make the membership community really make sure that we have enough destinations for the network to be valuable. Um, so that's all member related. Um, so absolutely, if we can help anybody in the community rent literally anywhere in the world for one month minimum, we will happily do that for you. The other thing is, yeah, we're about to jump into fundraising mode. We're not currently hiring, although we have our, our eyes on a couple roles. Uh, so if you are, if this sounds like an interesting prospect to you, then 
email me and we'll figure something out. And if uh, this sounds like the space that you're in investing in, then also email me and figure that out. <laughs> yeah. For my last question, if someone wanted to learn more, any of those buckets uh, align with, with someone listening, how can they find you online? Do you have a website for this social media presence an email address? Like how can people uh, connect with you and learn more about this? Yeah, I am Thaven at orcapass.com. Everything is orcapass. So orcapass, O-R-C-A-P-A-S-S.com. We're at orcapass on all socials. So find us there also. I'm at Thaven Sood, D-E-V-A-N-S-O-O-D on all socials also. So please feel free to reach out to me there uh, or just email me. I'm Thaven at orcapass.com. So whatever it is, please shoot me a DM or email and we'll figure something out for you. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me.